release a, a word here. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we pray that you just come and move. I pray that you'd speak to us, encourage us, teach us, stretch us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for all that you're doing, God. We thank you, Father. Lord, that you're more than able to do what you've called us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Just say amen. 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 All right. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Acts. If you if you turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Ten, thirty-eight. That's right. Jesus was the Son of God. He lived on the earth. He lived a spotless life. He never sinned. That's amazing. He fulfilled all the prophecies about the Messiah. Isn't that amazing? He was also our template of the Spirit-filled life. He said, the things that I do, you can also do. In fact, then he says, and greater things than this will you do. Isn't that amazing? Say greater things. All right, so it says here in Acts 10, 38, I love this scripture, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How many know that God is with you? When you're in traffic and traffic is not going well in Minneapolis, how many know that God is right there with you? You look over to the seat next to you, you think it's empty. Oh, no. The Holy Spirit's right there. God is with you. God is with me. I don't always feel like He's with me, but He is always with me. There are times that I've had to go and minister to someone, and I'm feeling tired and grumpy. You know, uh, it was, you know, maybe I just get, I'm just getting back from a trip, and you just you ever been just tired? And you're, you ever been in that state where you're not feeling the presence of God, the peace of God? Not, okay, everyone here always feels that? Okay. And there I am, get a phone call, go and minister to someone. And I'm, I'm driving there, and I'm saying, God, I don't feel you. But your word says you're here with me. So I go to minister, and the Lord shows up, not because of my feelings, but because of his word. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, do you have it open in your Bibles? I want you to get this in your heart. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all, pressed of the devil, for God was with him. God is really with you. I'd like you to say, God is with me. God is with you. God is with you. I remember one time I was in, in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. I was there on business. And there I am, very busy day. This is right after uh, Katrina. Oh, no, this is another time I came. I'm sorry. It wasn't after that. It was way after that. I couldn't get a hotel where I needed to, so they, our secretary got me a hotel downtown. It was about two blocks off of Bourbon Street. You ever been to Bourbon Street? It's just a real city of revival. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's, uh, how many have ever been there? Maybe you don't want to raise your hand. I don't know. <laughs> I've been there a few times, and I mean, the food is amazing, but they have the Mardi Gras, and there's a lot of people that go there to witness during Mardi Gras, but it's, it's a really crazy time. So um, 
I wasn't there on this trip during Mardi Gras, but I'm, I got to my hotel. It was about, oh, about 9.30, and I thought, man, I am so hungry. I could eat a dog, you know? <laughs> I called down to the front desk, and I said, do you guys have any type of, you know, room service, anything? And they said, no, not here. And they said, there's some crackers and some things downstairs if you want them. And I thought, man, maybe I will. So I come downstairs, and uh, just they had just nothing. And I thought, man, I need a pizza. <laughs> I need something. And I go back up in my room, and when I go up to my room, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he says, I don't want you to go uptown. It's too dangerous. That's what he said to me. And I, I'm trying to find a way. Isn't that funny? The goofiest thing. Who cares? Just go to bed, you know? And there I am getting tossed around, and I'm finally, I said, I'm just going to go up two blocks, and I'm going to get me something to eat. I go down, and I asked the concierge, I said, um, you know, is there any cabs over here? Oh, you're not going to get a cab here. I said, well, how far am I from Bourbon? I said, I know there's lots of restaurants up there. He said, it's only a few blocks, a big city blocks. Three blocks, he said. And I got to thinking, I thought, man, I need to go up and get some food. I know the Holy Spirit was being kind and trying to warn me. So I talked myself into waiting in the lobby till a group of people were going to go up to Bourbon Street. So I thought I would just mingle right with them. I said, Lord, thank you for caring for me. So now I'm using wisdom so I don't get beat up. I get up to Bourbon Street, and I walk around, I find a restaurant, and I eat till I'm full, sufficiently serenified. I get all done, and I walk out, and there's not a soul on Bourbon Street. It was the weirdest thing. So I go to the corner, and I'm waiting for a group to collect again, and we're all going to walk back to the hotel. And I thought, surely someone will come. So I start to pray. Nothing. I'm waiting for a cab to come by. Nothing. I said, God, this is a really dangerous city. It's now 11 o'clock at night. I need some help. Nothing. I thought somebody would pull up in a car. God sent me here for you. Nothing. So then I thought, man, I can't sit out here all night. I need to walk three blocks, those big city blocks, and a lot of the lights were knocked out on the way back to the hotel. So now it's, you know, it's the few are flickering. It's a bad part of the area, of the town. So I'm like, God, what am I going to do? So I start walking, and I'm praying in the Spirit. The Lord said not to do this. You ever have the Holy Spirit tell you something? Sometimes the Holy Spirit can be so practical. My, my grandfather, when he was raising his kids, uh, my mother and the others, um, the Lord would give him dreams in the middle of the night and tell him about his children. So they couldn't get away with anything. The Holy Spirit is a tattletale. So there I am, I'm on the corner, and finally I thought, God, I don't know what to do. I'm praying, I'm not hearing you, and uh, nobody's coming. Did you forget me? So I start walking back to the hotel, and you can see on the, across the street, the, all the shop windows, it looked like a mirror at night. And I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm just trying to be like bold and not be scared. And, and uh, I get about a block down, and out of an alley, two guys come out behind me and I seen them through the reflection of the, the window across the street and I thought oh boy here we go and they were huge guys and uh, thugs and I'm walking and they're walking faster and I'm watching them out of my peripheral and I'm walking and then they're walking a little faster and I'm walking faster they're walking faster and all of a sudden out of, any, out of nowhere I hear the voice of God and he says run scared me. 
I stuffed my heart back in my chest. I took off running. I didn't know I could run that fast. And these guys chased me a block and a half. Thank God they weren't runners. Hallelujah. I passed the hotel and I ended up in Jackson Square. I, I'm not kidding. I, oh my gosh, I missed the hotel. I went back and I made it to the hotel and I went to my room and no lie, I laid down on the bed and I just repented and repented and repented. So, said, oh God. You know, the Bible says that God doesn't leave us as orphans. Some think it's a very mechanical relationship where we have just a legal guide in the Bible and it's about following his legal guide. But he said he won't leave us as orphans, that he's here to, to interact with us, to speak to us, to help us in our life. Amen? You know, we talk about love looks like something serving our neighbors, but love looks like something from God's perspective to send the Holy Spirit to help you in your life. Aren't you glad that we have a Holy Spirit? So the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, that, the, that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that God spoke to Jesus, and he would, anything that Jesus did, he did what he saw and heard the Father say. He did that. There was a, 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 a relationship there, and just like in our life, there's a knowing of the Holy Spirit and a flowing in the Holy Spirit, and we can know what He wants us to do, and He can assist us in our life. And it says that He was filled with the Holy that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all oppressed of the devil, for God was with Him. Now, in the Bible, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, and He gives the Holy Spirit a few names. I think a lot of us may know those names. Number one, he's the counselor, that God wants to give you counsel for your life. He's the counselor. Say counselor. counselor. And we should become very comfortable with talking to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what should I do about the situation with my kids? Holy Spirit, what should I do in my relationship with my wife? I can't figure this out. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Did you know that the Bible says if you ask for wisdom, that he will liberally pour it out upon you? Man, I wear that out. People come for counseling, and I'm thinking, man, is this guy screwed up? God, help me. You ever been there? You're meeting with someone, and you're thinking, this guy is a mess. One guy came to me one time, and uh, he didn't have an appointment or anything. He just walked in, and he told uh, Tammy at the time, she ah, I just got to see the pastor, and he blew by her and went into my office. And when I looked at him, uh, I didn't have time. I was in the middle of something. And when I looked at him, the Holy Spirit, in, in one instant, told me six things about him. One of the things was he was a businessman, and he was in massive debt. And the reason why he was in debt is because he had a cocaine addiction. He had a problem in his marriage, and there were a few other things. So he comes in, he sits down, he goes, I know I didn't have an appointment, but I need to talk to you right now. He said, you know, I need to, my, uh, my wife needs some help. She's frustrated in our marriage, and I can't figure it out. And I said, oh, is that true? I said, how about your cocaine addiction? Your business is in trouble because you're wasting all your money. And anyways, I gave him six things just like that, and he started to cry and I said, the thing that God wants you to do today is to humble yourself before him and own your junk, and God will fix you. He bawled and bawled and bawled and bawled. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. Amen? All the gifts of the Spirit are love gifts. They're love gifts. So he's the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the comforter. How many have ever felt the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Man, I need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we go through things with people, or we go through life, and, or you lose a loved one. You can go through some hard, heart-wrenching things. 
But if you draw close to the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit can fill you. I've known many people that went to war, but they knew this side of the Holy Spirit. And even though it was dangerous and and treacherous and all those things, they had this sense of the comfort of the Holy Spirit with them on the battlefield. Praise God, that is priceless. I need the comforter. I need the comforter, amen. Say comforter. He's the advocate. He's like a defense lawyer that is there with us. He's there to defend me. He's there to help me that way. He's my advocate. He's my advocate, and he's my helper. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that Jesus said, I must leave so I can send another. And that word another meant a prototype, an exact duplicate of himself, only without a container. An exact duplicate of Jesus came down in the form of the Holy Spirit. I must send another. You say, well, it must have been great for heaven to have the disciples walk with Jesus. But he said that if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you have an exact duplicate now with you in the Spirit. I asked Bobby Connor what his prayer life was like, and he said, he said, well, I sit in a room and I put a chair right next to me. He said, that's where the Lord sits. He has such a, an awareness of the Holy Spirit. Such an awareness of the Holy Spirit. He's my helper. Amen? In John 16, 7, I'd like you to flip there. We're going to go through a little bit of Bible. I want to really open this up. I like the emotions of the Holy Spirit, the feelings, the power sometimes. How many have ever felt the power of the Holy Spirit? See people fall under the power. We've seen people healed. I watched tumors disappear in Brazil last May. That was kind of freaky. That was under the power of the Holy Spirit. Lady had all kinds of tumors right here on both sides, and they just kept shrinking, and they were gone, and she just burst into tears. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. But I like all of those things. But there's a different facet of the Holy Spirit for different things in your life. John 16, 7, it says, this is in the New Living Translation. It says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go away, then I will send him to you. To who? To you. Say to me. That's amazing. That he's going to send the Holy Spirit to you. There are four main purposes for the Holy Spirit in your life. There are four main purposes of the Holy Spirit in your life. How many? Number one, you can write these down. Number one is to reveal Christ and convict sinners. The Holy Spirit is always actively working in my life to reveal Jesus to me, but to others to convict them of their sin. So when I go and I eat at a restaurant and the waitress comes out, the Holy Spirit is with me to convict this woman or this man, whoever the waiter is, to convict them, to show them that Jesus is real. How many think of that when you go out to eat? Amen? Say the Holy Spirit is with me. I want to bring this out because now we can, inter, uh, we can logically interact with a person. We can tell them our testimony, and the Holy Spirit will move upon that. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is actively with us, moving to convict that person of their sin. I've had people share, and we've read stories like this in, in Christian books, where someone just begins to share with a, uh, a waiter or someone 
and the conviction of God comes upon them, and they say, I don't know what or who you are, but there's something going on here. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in our life. Would you agree? He's to reveal Christ and convict sinners. Aren't you glad you don't have to do it on your own? How many have ever shared your faith a little bit with someone and then the Holy Spirit began to move on them? They start crying. Maybe you get a word of knowledge. You get something to kind of open their heart a little bit. But as you're sharing, it's like, wow, this isn't me. This is God is in the room. I remember one time years ago, the Lord told me to go to a, I was driving around, and he told me to go to a certain house, and he said to, I needed to minister to someone there, and sure enough, got there, just like the Lord said. I didn't know what to say, so I just was nice. I just started talking to him, and as I began to talk to him, the Lord began to reveal his heart, and we began to share, and, and here this guy was very broken, even though he looked good on the outside, on the inside, he was, he was ready to kill himself. He really was. He was, he was suicidal. He was... And within a, a, a little bit of time, things began to turn. It was the Holy Spirit moving. And I was prompted to say things I didn't, that was not me. And it opened his heart. And the guy opened his heart to the gospel. Isn't that exciting? That's fun. The Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit with you? Is he with your marriage? That's another one. The Holy Spirit can work in your marriage. How many have ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit where he said, you need to be nicer to your wife? Or you're driving home, the Holy Spirit says, stop and get her some flowers. Or the Holy Spirit says, I don't know, you fill in the blank. But the Holy Spirit can help you because he's concerned about your marriage. Amen? All right, so number one, he came to reveal Christ and convict sinners. He's actively working in your life to do that, to reveal Christ to you and to convict sinners. So I'm reading the Bible. He's revealing Christ to me through the Scriptures. I'm in prayer. The Holy Spirit is revealing Christ to me in my prayer time. Amen? The Holy Spirit is actively doing that. And number two is to bring truth. The Holy Spirit was sent to give you truth. As you seek out truth, the Holy Spirit will come and guide you. You ever, you ever listen to a message on the internet? And you're thinking, it sounds good intellectually, but man, there's something dark here. It's like, ooh. You ever get that? That's the Holy Spirit saying, something's trying to ensnare you, don't listen to this. That's the Holy Spirit of truth. He's coming to protect you, to guide you into all truth. We need the Holy Spirit. You go to a bookstore and you go to pick up a book and it's like, wow, that looks amazing. And you pick it up and the Holy Spirit says to you what? Danger, danger, danger. Will Robinson, that's an old show. He's to bring truth. Say bring truth. Number three, he's to sanctify believers. You can try to be, you know, to be perfect. I've, I've been in that race before. We should have good character. We should do the right things. But to try to perfect ourselves within ourselves is devastating. The Holy Spirit, when you're saved, the Bible says the seed of God is put into your heart. It's like a tree begins to grow, and then it begins to grow the fruit of the Spirit, and it begins to overcome the fruit of the flesh. Amen? It crowds out the flesh until the Spirit of God begins to take over. As I get close to God, the fruit of the Spirit begins to come through my life. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. And you can, you can find people 
that have been saved one year and they're like 50 years old in the spirit because they drew very near to God. And you can see the fruit in their life. Do you know anyone here that's fruity? Did you know that God, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the greatest fruit farmer in the world? The Holy Spirit. When I draw near to Jesus, I spend time with Him in the morning, I read the Word, I try to draw near to Him in my life. It gives the Holy Spirit room to get in there and till the ground, the soil of my heart. And he starts doing the things he needs to do to cause the fruit of the Spirit to grow in my life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. He's there to reveal Christ and convict sinners, to bring truth, to sanctify believers. And last is, what is the fourth one? This is so amazing when you think of the Holy Spirit. All these things are there to benefit you. Number four, he gives the Holy Spirit to encourage the saints. And that's the area of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, they're not for me, they're for you. They're for me, but they're for you. The the Holy Spirit gives me a gift in my life for you. He gives you a gift for me. That's how he operates. The gifts of the Spirit are for each other, and they're for the equipping, they're for the the edifying, the building up of the saints. It's interesting that so many people fight against the gifts of the Spirit and they say, you know, they're not for today, or, or, you know, you shouldn't abuse these, shouldn't use them, you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. But God himself designed the gifts of the Spirit to build each other, to encourage each other in the, our walk with God, in our life. The gifts of the Spirit, they're love gifts to the body. So the fourth thing that the Holy Spirit does, he's there to encourage the saints say encourage. So what was Pentecost? On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Remember that? Crazy things, tongues of fire, all those things happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in new tongues. What was the day of Pentecost? Because we it says on the day of Pentecost. What was the day of Pentecost? What was it? What was the first Pentecost? What was the first Pentecost? Come on, we're going to do some Bible trivia here. When Moses was on the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments, remember when God came down upon the mountain and God came and showed himself, revealed himself to the people? What happened on that mountain? Do you remember? What happened on the mountain? The glory of God came down. The people shook in terror when God began to show himself. The power and presence of God began to be revealed. And that was the very first Pentecost. And God used that, uh, that, that same term, Pentecost, when he said about the Holy Spirit to be poured out. It was the same expression where God was going to come down off the mountain and reveal himself to people. In the upper room, God was going to come down and reveal himself to people. Pentecost and Pentecost. That's why he used the term Pentecost. What does pente mean? Okay. So Pentecost is actually, it means 50 or 50 days. 50 days after Jesus was the day of Pentecost at 50 days and the Holy Spirit came and filled them all and they began to experience 
the glory and the power of the Spirit. You guys with me? Acts 2.39 says, The promise is to you, your children, and to those far off. The promise is to you and your children and to those far off. So after this occurred, the power of God was released. 3,000 people were saved. People began to experience the Holy Spirit in their homes in their lives, the gifts of the Spirit became very normal and common in, in the synagogue and in Christian meetings. The Spirit of God became normal. And they said to themselves, how long is this going to be around? For one generation? For two generations? And here it says that this promise, the Holy Spirit, isn't going to be for just one generation or two generations, but it's going to be for all generations until the return of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 7. It says here, depending on your translation, 1 Corinthians 1, Verse 7, it says, Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the what? So how long are these spiritual gifts available? Let's do the math here. You now have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Has Jesus came back yet? All right, so are we still eagerly waiting? Then do we lack any spiritual gift until he returns? No, that means they're right there at your access. Amen? Some people say, well, they're not for today. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says they're not for today. There are denominations and there are, there are Christian colleges that teach that there are no gifts today, that the only thing the Holy Spirit does is he puts fruit in your life. That's kind of fruity. It says that the gifts of the Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit, is given for all generations until the return of Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit are for all generations until the return of Jesus. Why until the return of Jesus? Because after the return of Jesus, you won't need the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? The gifts are good, and God designed them. And he gave them to the church to help you witness, to help you in your life, to help you raise children, to help you interpret the Bible. The Holy Spirit was given to be a blessing to you. Don't let anyone tell you that the Holy Spirit is not for today. I remember one time this guy by the name of Jack Deere said, he was a very, very famous theologian. He was against all these things. He taught against them. He wrote books, and he encountered the Holy Spirit. He went to a conference, and he kept feeling he was supposed to, and he didn't want to because those were those flaky guys. And he went to a John Wimber con conference. He goes, the power of the Holy Spirit is there. He fills this presence. God just changes his life radically. He has to go back and recreate all his teachings and he said this, he said, you can take a hundred new converts that have never been trained nor exposed to uh, Christian teaching, a hundred new converts, and you can give them a Bible, you can give them a Bible and not one would say that the Holy Spirit is not for today. He said, you have to teach people that it's not for today. There's nothing in the Bible. The Holy Spirit was given, it's the promise, he's the comforter, he's the guide, he's the advocate, he's the parakletos that is there to help you in your life. He's there in your business. Whatever you do as a professional, begin to get comfortable asking the Holy Spirit questions while you drive. If you're going to see a client, Lord, what can I do? Give me insight into the client. 
Help me to do a better job in my business. Give me wisdom and insight. And the Lord will start giving you biz, uh, wisdom and insight. How many have ever experienced that? That's right. That's the job, the role of the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He's our advocate. Now, there are different things that the Holy Spirit does. This is kind of a teaching today. But I wanted to, I wanted to, to release some of this because there are new people that come all the time. And, and I want them to be exposed to the Scripture. So there are some things in the believer's life. I want to give you a few things that the, that the Lord does. Number one, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. That's in Luke 2.26. It says that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. I remember one time I was flying out to see some company. Got all my stuff ready. Went to put all my items in my car and take off to the airport. I was way ahead of schedule. I like to be way ahead when it comes to flying. I would rather get a coffee and sit in peace, amen? I, I've, I've traveled, traveled with those guys that do everything. His name is Nick, Nick of Time. His brother is anxiety and worry. And there I am, way early. I get in my car. I go to put the car in reverse, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I have my wallet. Don't have my wallet. I need a wallet to get on the plane. I thought, what in the world did I do with my wallet? So I go back up, go through the drawer next to my bed, look under the bed, look everywhere, look in the bathroom, go in the garage. I can't find my wallet. I am going crazy. I'm watching my, the, my, my bonus time, you know, my extra time, melt away like butter in the sun. Now I'm starting to get nervous. Now I'm starting to get mad. I can't find my driver's license, my wallet. I have to fly down, do a contract with a customer so we can pay the bills in the company. You know what I mean? Everything is on my shoulders. I have to be in that plane. Nothing. I go up, I rip the room apart. I can't find my driver's license, my wallet, my wallet. And I finally, I go back out and I dig through all my stuff again. I dig through everything. And uh, finally, I get down on my knees, on my lawn. Guys driving by with their coffee, you know. I said, oh God, you reveal things to us. I need your help. And it was like the Lord was saying, well, I was waiting. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my knees in my on my lawn, it was summer. I said, God. And as soon as I said, God, see, I went to him. It's his job. He came to help me. He shows me things. Aren't you glad you're not alone? Just like that, I had a vision of my wallet in my briefcase under my laptop. I said, God, I don't put my wallet in my laptop or in my case. And I said, all right. So I go in my truck, pull out my briefcase, unzip it, pull out, my, like, I'm like, yeah, right, Lord. Pull out my wallet or my, my laptop, and I look, and here's my wallet smashed in the bottom of my briefcase. I was so excited. I threw all the junk in there. I took off, and I went the speed limit all the way to the airport. <laughs> Thank you for grace, Lord. Just kidding, officer. <laughs> Praying in tongues, oh God, let their equipment fail, oh God. Isn't that crazy? The Holy Spirit, why does he care? But he does care. He cares for your soul. He cares for your kids. He cares about your job. He cares about your life. Amen. The Holy Spirit reveals things. You lose a legal document and you don't know what to do. You get down and you pray. And you just get quiet. 
and he'll give you that hint. Isn't that exciting? He teaches us, John 14, 26. He teaches us. He opens the scripture to us. He gives us insight. He comforts us, John 14, 16. He comforts us. Oh, man, I tell you, have you ever walked through uh, the valley of the shadow of death? I don't ever want to go there without the Holy Spirit. That's why David was so desperate, and he threw himself on the ground. He said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. He had made a mess, but it wasn't money that he worried about. It wasn't his kingdom. It was the Holy Spirit. Because when he was pursued by Saul, it was the Holy Spirit that comforted him, comforted him through all of those trials. He didn't want to lose the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says that the Holy Spirit dwells, that He's not afar off. He's actually inside of me. Amen? You want to see the Holy Spirit? I'm going to reveal Him to you. Ready? Okay, you're looking at Him. You're looking at me, but He's inside of me. He is inside of me. I'd like you to say the Holy Spirit is inside of me. That's right. The Spirit guides. John 16, 13. John 16, 13. He guides us. He guides us. He guides us. Amen? Don't go to Bourbon Street. <laughs> Don't do it. I remember we were in Haiti one time, and I felt the presence of God there the whole time. We were completely safe. Even we camped out way in the jungle in a place we probably should have never been, but we knew God had us there. Complete peace. And then we were coming back into another city, and we got into an area, and I heard the Holy Spirit. He said, he said it's not safe here. You need to get out of here. I told the driver that. He kept going. And I said, I said, you need to get out of here. It's not safe here. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, if you don't get out of here, this can be really detrimental. I yelled at the driver in a kind, loving way. And later he said to me, he said, you were, you were like really adamant. And I said, the Holy Spirit told me three times to get out of here. You see, he guides us, amen? Praise God. The Apostle Paul was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and he would go to go into an area, and sometimes he'd feel the resistance of the Lord and say, don't go there. He guides us. Aren't you glad? He can guide you on how to raise your children. He can guide you. The Holy Spirit gives utterance in Acts 2.4. He can cause you to speak in tongues, give you the gift of tongues, which the Bible says is the perfect prayer unto the Lord. Some people want to speak against speaking in tongues when God himself designed the gift and gave it at the day of Pentecost. Anything that God created is good. Amen? So when people say the tongues isn't good, say, well, you don't know the maker. The maker is God, and he created it, and he said it's good. It's the perfect prayer from me to God. Why, wouldn't you, why would you use a secondary prayer when you can use a perfect prayer? It's like putting a square tire on your car saying, well, it's good enough. The Spirit can be resisted in Acts 7. 51, people resist the Holy Spirit. And when you resist the Holy Spirit, His voice will begin to decline in your life until it's a whisper and then it's gone. You can resist the Holy Spirit until you've become so callous and hard, you no longer hear Him. God, forgive us. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I, I've had to repent. There are times the Lord told me to give money to someone, and I, I reasoned myself right out of it. Have you ever been there? I remember one time he told me to give a truck to someone, and I reasoned myself right out of it. It's just an old truck. Who cares? It's a truck. 
Finally, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and he said, you're going to do it. And I said, oh, all right, I will. And then I, I, I was going to give it to him for a reduced price. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you're going to give it to him, like I said, because when it breaks, his wife will be offended at you because you charged him for it. And you know that's exactly what happened, but I gave it to him for free. Isn't God smart? God didn't want her to be offended at a pastor, so I just blessed them with it. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can resist the Holy Spirit. The Spirit sends, the Spirit intercedes through us on behalf of others. The Spirit sanctifies us, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is always actively trying to sanctify me. Isn't that good? Thank the Lord for that. So your spouse doesn't have to sanctify you, amen? The Holy Spirit is doing that. So when you feel like you need to sanctify your mate, just say, Lord, I repent. I allow you to do that. But I'll pray for them. Amen? It produces fruit, and he gives gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll get into the gifts some other time. But there's an important scripture that I want to close with. And it says that in Acts 24, it said that, it says, Behold, I send the... I'm sorry, in Luke 24, 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. This is a very loaded scripture. The word there for endued, that you will be endued with power from on high, that's a word we don't use too much today. But you will be endued with power from on high. In the Greek, it gives the picture of a garment, and it says here that you will be, uh, you will be, it's like a garment that you put on of power, of divine enablement, that you will receive divine enablement when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What happens when you receive divine enablement? You can do things you never could do. You can win people to Christ like you never could before. You can you can see God heal your marriage like never before. You can be an impact in your community like never before. You can multiply your cell group like never before. Amen? It's a divine enablement when we have the Holy Spirit on our life. When I am born again, the Holy Spirit comes in me. Say, in me. That's for the fruit of the Spirit, the character, the sanctification on the inside, His work. But when I receive the second work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit power comes upon me like a garment. It's like a smearing of lotion over my body. The power on the outside operates for you. The power of God on the inside operates for me. Does that make sense? The power of the Holy Spirit on the inside changes my character, changes me. But the power on the outside through the power the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the clothing of power and divine enablement is there in my life to help you. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. What does it cost? What does it cost to have the Spirit of God upon your life? You need to be saved. What does it cost? We need to surrender to him to say, I give you myself so I can have all of yourself. Amen? But it's a free gift, just like salvation. You don't have to work for it. It's there. So I'd like you to stand up. We're going to close. The Holy Spirit, when... We understand the Holy Spirit. It's like taking a black and white television. You remember the old black and white TVs? I used to have one in my, my uh, you know, the TV was that big, but the screen was like that big. <laughs> Had the antennas up there. I'd, I'd spend ten, ni- 10 minutes every night trying to move the antennas to get the reception. 
But the Holy Spirit's like going from a black and white TV to a big screen, 4K intensity, living color. Amen? And the Holy Spirit wants to do that in your life. He wants to do that in your life. He wants you to know Him intimately. The picture there is that the Holy Spirit becomes your best friend. I like friends, but I like my best friend, the Holy Spirit. He's my closest friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the parakletos, the comforter, the guide, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes. Just begin to ask Him to fill you again. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says the disciples, they prayed for people to get refilled. We leak. We need a refilling. Amen? We're just like a battery. The battery gets fully charged, and over time, you need to recharge it. That's the way the Holy Spirit operates. Jesus went to be with the Father. He'd go, go away, and He'd recharge. Amen? The disciples would go, and they'd recharge. God wants to recharge the church. Holy Spirit, just ask Him. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, refill me this morning. Refill me. Be my closest friend. In the name of Jesus. I want you to put your hand on somebody next to you. Just say, in the name of Jesus. Fill them to, holy, to overflowing. Fill them with your power. And with your love, let divine ability come upon them in Jesus' name.